0: I, I've got to ask the question, you know, we're, we're, uh, you know we've passed breakfast, we're approaching lunch. Who really loves some decent, a tasty, delicious food? I mean, I love chocolate, for sure. But I mean, going out for restaurants, if, has anyone got a favourite place to eat? Name it, just say it out loud. Where is it? Oh. Thai. <laughs> Chinese. Oh, favourite favorite restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. McDonald's? McDonald's. <laughs> Nando's, Wagamama's, and a few others. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing, good, nothing better than a really nice restaurant with delicious food. Now, I, I've, I used to, used to work in this place, which was like an incredible fancy restaurant every single day, and it was utterly and completely free. Um, so for many years, I couldn't leave the company, even, even if I wanted to, because the food was so delicious. And so I'd turn up, and I knew that the chefs were working hard in the kitchen, producing some incredible food, and every day I'd be lying in anticipation. And then, uh, well, it was basically this big kind of country estate house, and so there were about 100 people working here, and my office was right across the room from the kitchen. And so I would smell it. About 12 o'clock, the smell would start drifting into the room. Oh, it smelled good. And I remember at one o'clock, that was my lunchtime, I would stand up with brute force, knock my chair flying back, um, and just get ready. You know that kind of thing where you don't want to run and look desperate, but you don't want to walk because it takes time, so you kind of <laughs> just, like, walk really fast? And so I would do that every single day. And I tell you, when I walked in, it was so delicious. I mean, anything. It could, it's like a surprise restaurant every day. You know, I walk in one day and it'd be like peri-peri chicken or something like that. And go in another day, it'd be like duck confit. And, and then another day, beef bourguignon. It just could be a surprise every single day. But what was remarkable was it didn't just include mains; There was also dessert. Now, who's, who's got a favorite dessert? Is it, is it slug trifle? Yeah, (laughs) is that one? Or sticky ant pudding? Or what was that? Fish fingers and custard. Fish fingers, well that's that's strange Paul. Mine at least are making sense. (laughs) Brussels sprout and cauliflower cheesecake. No, seriously, what are some of your favorite desserts? Apple crumble, I love it, custard, oh that's good. What else? Cheesecake, nice. Good one, Debbie. Ice cream, yeah. My favourite, just so Emma Blustin knows, because I've just given your daughter two sweets, you make some of the best banoffee pie. (laughs) Hint. Um, and, And I love banoffee pie. And this was the first place I had it. It was so delicious. And it could be anything else. It could be some delicious cheesecake. And I, oh my gosh, it was the best thing ever working in this place. And one day... You know, whatever whatever it was, even if I didn't understand it, I knew that the chef, whatever he told me, I knew it was going to be good. So even if I didn't understand the menu, even if I didn't understand what he says, how many of us have gone into a restaurant and haven't got a clue? You've just looked for the word chicken or look for the word whatever. I don't really understand the rest, but if it says chicken and he says go for it, then I will have it. That was me on a daily basis. And so I went into this place and and he would offer me the best and i trust him, everything he said. And then this one day, he, uh, he, we had this delicious main, and then I went up, and it was ice cream, a selection of ice cream. I hear you, oh yeah, look at those eyes widen. <laughs> um, and I remember picking up this bowl of, like, kind of crafted ice cream and walking away, and he, he said to these just as I walked away, he said, don't forget, there's some delicious chocolate sauce over there. So I was like, okay, I've got to do this. I trust the chef. I believe everything he says. So I went over, and I saw the, uh, the sauce, and I poured it all out a lot, like a lot a lot of sauce all over, completely covering it. And I went and I sat down with, my, uh, with people. and, and, me, and my, me and this chef, we we're like best buddies now. I could go back for seconds, thirds. I sat down with such a sense of pride. Just, this is amazing. And I took my first bowl, mouthful. And it wasn't quite right. But he said like it was delicious ice cream with delicious sauce, right? So I took another mouthful. And another one, I trusted him. This guy he had my trust. And I had about half of the bowl. And um, before I started talking to the people in the room, um, I was sitting with and saying, look, something doesn't quite taste right. And they laughed at me. They mocked me. They literally ridiculed me. And I didn't understand why until it finally clicked. That for some bizarre reason, I'd gone over and thought the chocolate sauce was not gravy, as some of you guessed, but brown sauce. <laughs> oh my gosh, when I realized that, that felt disgusting. (laughs) It was horrible. I don't know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. I completely and utterly believed that chef. And when he said words, I, I didn't understand what he was saying, but I believed it. And I embodied it and I owned it. And when he said that was delicious chocolate sauce, he, was, he wasn't lying to me. I just picked up the wrong thing. But I believed everything he said, even to the point of convincing myself that brown sauce was good, uh, tasty chocolate sauce. The thing is, is that words really matter. Words really matter. And especially if it's someone you like that you trust, that you admire, that you respect. Whatever they say, whether it's a joke or whether it's real, everything matters. You know, more so and especially so when someone calls you a name. I mean, it could be a really good one. It'd be like, oh, Richard, you're so strong. I'm like, yes, I am. Uh, and you just walk taller and you feel stronger. Or maybe they say something like, you're, you're so sensitive. And you go, actually, maybe I am. You know, maybe I, and, and you suddenly become aware of everything. But those names and those labels, they stick to you if that's a person that you like. Now, I've got all these guys up, because I want to know what labels or names that you had growing up. So, Taya, tell us. Uh, not Taya, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Indy, tell us. What was the name that you had?
1: Um, I don't know. I used to get called nerdy a lot, which isn't the worst one, to be fair. But no, that's quite tame. No, but like, I don't know. But when people are always expecting you to get really good exam results, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, don't you? Yeah. So, probably that one, yeah. Not most exciting. Maybe we can think of a better one for her. Yeah,
0: I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. no. And Paul, what's, what's yours? Well, when we, I got an award in a, the you know, in a prom when you have the awards at the end, so like the one who's most likely to go to prison or things like that. I got the most likely to be a millionaire, which made me quite Whoa. pleased, but I'm still waiting for this it to happen. really though. positive names, aren't they? <laughs> now, can you share the one you actually shared uh, earlier uh, as well? Oh, yeah. And the, the other one was always that my name is Paul Lee, so people always used to come up to me and say, oh, Why are you will? Now they always used to get to me. So his name is Paul Lee L W, and so people used to think, oh Paul Lee, Paul Lee. Oh, that's better. See, you've got the room on your side now. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Martin, who uh, is heavily involved in venture, if you've seen him, he leads a lot of the worship there and creative ideas. But I want to know what 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 kind of names did you have? I can only say if the kids promised not to laugh, okay. No, and, and the no one's going to promise no. that. No one in the entire room is promising that. At school, <laughs> when I was in middle school, I got called Jelly Bummy. <laughs> See, I knew the word. It was yes. partly my doing because there was another boy in our class called, who was nicknamed Jelly Belly because he had a bit of a tubby one. And, of course, I joined in with calling him that, as you do. There's a lesson to be learned there. And within a few weeks, others in the class were calling me Jelly Belly. And so for the whole of my school life up until finishing, I was very, very self-conscious. So I'm standing this way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. And Lucinda?
2: Yeah, I was called um, gr- uh, grease monkey, not for oh. my skill with mechanics, um, because I had really bad acne, and so they said that I was seeping with grease, and I needed buckets oh. to follow. I know, I needed buckets to catch the grease, because I was a greasy monkey.
0: Wow, that's, that's harsh. People's words can be so harsh. Can I, can I share mine? Um, and Paul has kind of stolen it a little bit, but... At the end of school, we had the same thing. Um, All these different labels that we were given and awards that we were given. I had a friend who got best and worst tie for sixth form. Do you know the label that I got? Do you know the the award that I got? Okay, you ready for this? The least funniest person in the whole school. (laughs) Not much has changed, to be fair, but still, oh, that was brutal. That was harsh. And that's the thing about these labels and these names is they really stick with you and they really make a difference. Thank you, guys. And the most incredible thing is how... Sorry, Martin, don't go anywhere. Please come back. (laughs) <laughs> um you know these things really stick to me. they make a genuine difference isn't that right lucinda and i'm going to hand over to you now
2: absolutely yes um i'm now going to need some volunteers because we're going to demonstrate how labels can really um just affect us and how they they make us um feel and think so who wants to come up on stage if you want to come up stage come over here we talk- oh, one talking there. there's one there come on
0: Come on That's it. Come you don't need to say anything. Don't you just
2: ca- if anybody you wants just to come to up stage, willing. you can just come. And I've got some <coughs> labels here. I've got some labels. Um, now how many me- do you need? Uh, uh, that's fine. Just come to this side. If, I don't, if you don't come up, we're going to do this a few times, so that's fine. If you come to this side of the stage, and then you'll come up and then pop off down that side. Oh, you, can, you can come up. Can I just make
0: a comment? How, how many are lined up desperate to label us? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so these are things that we thought um, you might you might call uh, Richard or Martin. So, would you like to come on and put this label up? This one says, too old. Who's that going to go on? We're going to label... <laughs> who's, who's too we're going to label... <laughs> quick, just anyone. I'm that's here. it. Oh, oh Martin. Do you know what? He is getting a few grey hairs. Right, what do we think? What's this one? Let's uh, go. Oh, too loud. Who's too loud? Quick, quick, quick. There we go. Jump on. Who's too loud? Oh! Next oh, next one. Next and too young. I think that's... You need to stick that on your yeah, Too young. Too oh, young. the youth, oh, okay. I know. OK, not funny. Well, we know who that one goes to. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>! oh. <laughs> right, next one we got... <laughs> not, competitive, oh, not smart. But... Oh, that's sad. You're not doing too well in your exams. Oh, That's fine. Oh, now, they're starting to get a bit tough now. This one's not loved. Oh, no, that's fine. Just, okay, next one, oh. not wanted. There we go, not wanted, stick that on. Oh, ugly. Oh, no, look, next one, ugly. Next one. Oh, smelly, oh. these are just really sad. Do you know, these things, whilst they start off quite funny, next one, next one, whilst they start off quite funny, oh. it's actually changing how they're feeling. Smelly. Look, do they look happy? Here here we go. Do they look happy or sad now? There you go. Oh, thanks. Last one. Oh, last one. Sure. This last one's useless. There you go. All right, guys, oh. if you want to go sit down, we'll do it again later, okay? Promise.
0: No, you can do it mate. That's
2: fine. Right. So now look, these guys are not feeling very happy at all because the labels that have been stuck on him, <laughs> I know, have really affected. So things start out funny, but after a while they really start to affect how they're feeling. And so we've got Indy here who's gonna come and tell us. Oh, you've got a sticker. Quick, quick, stick that one. Oh, yes, you stick that on. And how, um, yeah, how? it's just really affected them. They, they're not even standing tall anymore. They're just feeling a bit sad. And so Indy here has got a story to tell us about a woman who, who had a label on her and, she, um, and just what happened to her and how that affected her. Okay,
1: come on. Yeah, so as we've just seen now, labels can stick, and I'm sure you know as well as I do that when we get a label put on us, especially if it's a negative one, it can be quite hard to sort of break out of that box. It can be quite limiting because you want to show the people that care about you that you're more than that. You're human and you're whole and you're not just this one thing that they've labeled you as. But, you know, it can be difficult and it can be tricky. And I've got a story for you today about this woman in the Bible. And she's had this label that's sort of been controlling her life for the past 12 years. She's got an issue, basically. And it's affecting how people communicate with her. It's affecting whether she goes out the house or not. And it's affecting whether she can even go to church. And she hears that Jesus is coming to her town. And she's heard some stories about him. And she thinks, oh, maybe this guy can cure me of my issue. And our story goes like this. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. So we've got this woman, and she's been struggling with constant bleeding for the last 12 years or so. And in biblical times, issues with bleeding were sort of seen as unclean, a bit dirty. So she's been labelled with this label as unclean. And it's almost like, I don't know if any of you had the cheese touch in primary school. It was a bit immature thing where people wouldn't go near you or touch you because they were scared of getting this cheese touch. And it's like that for her, but it's not playground, it's real life. So... People will not go near her. They won't touch the things she's touched. People won't talk to her. They're scared of getting her illness. And she's even been banned from her local synagogue just because she's viewed as unclean and dirty. And I don't know, imagine that. You'd get pretty lonely and desperate, right? Without no friends, no hugs, no church. I know I'd get really lonely and desperate. And she was. She was really desperate, especially, because for the whole time she's been ill. She's been going through doctor after doctor, cure after cure, but nothing is working. And she's paying loads of money for these cures that have just been ineffective. So she's probably probably really close to giving up. And she then hears Jesus is coming to her town. And she's like, oh, I've heard stories about this man. He's raised someone from the dead. He's made a blind man see. And it's like... She's like, hmm, maybe if I could get near him, he might be able to do something to help me with my issue. So she does. She goes out into the crowd, bravely, given that they hated her for years. And she pushes through when he's walking past her. And she just manages to thrust her arm out and touch the fringe of his rope. And immediately she can feel something's different. She's like, oh my gosh, I feel strong again. I feel new, I feel young. Like, the, 12, the last 12 years hadn't even happened for her. The bleeding had stopped. Jesus has healed her. And after 12 years of being an outcast from society, of being, you know, forgotten about, having no friends, of being labelled, Jesus had stripped her of that label of unclean. He had cured her issue. She'd been freed, essentially. He had the power to heal her from the pain behind those labels. And he'd freed her from them.
2: That is amazing. Being free from these labels is really important. So what do you say we come and free Richard and Martin from these terrible labels? Yes, please. Yes, please. And do you know who frees us? Can anyone shout out who frees us from these labels? Jesus, that's right. Who's going to come help me be Jesus? Right, we're just going to pull them off. Right, well, one, two, three, four, that's enough now. Right, come on, Barnaby, <laughs> on the stage. We're gonna take the labels off. Just take the labels off. One one each. That's it. Good job, that's guys. Really? Take a label off. We're gonna free them. Free them from these that horrible is. labels that we all stuck on them. And then they're gonna feel so much better. Ooh. That's it. Take a label off, take a label off. How are we doing over there, Martin? Are you nearly free? He's free! We've got Richard free. Oh, one more, one more. He's free. And then Martin, are you free? free. You're free. Woo-hoo. Woohoo! Perfect. Right. Well done, everyone. Thank you so much. Now that they're free, isn't that great? Free! God, say, jump down, Barnaby. Good job. Well done. Now they're free. What happens next? They've got no labels. Nice. They've got no names. So who are they? We've got a really cool video now to just show you, which will help this. So play the video now, please, guys. Thank you.
3: You were born and you were created. Blue. And blue blue is fantastic. You loved blue for a while, because blue, who doesn't like it? It's blueberry cobblers, and blue summer skies, and blue ocean waves. I mean, blue is fantastic. Until that day, you saw yellow. And yellow, I mean, everybody loves yellow, right? I mean, yellow is like, it's just happy. I mean, seriously, it's like yellow's like daisies, it's sunshine and freshly sharpened number two pencils and it's baby chicks. I mean, who doesn't like yellow, right? It's so fantastic. And then you saw orange and orange is warm. Orange is like fall leaves and it's like basketball season and orange is like pumpkins and and all those wonderful sunsets i mean orange is great i love orange and then it was good until you saw pink and then there was pink and you're like well pink you know i mean seriously like pink hair and i don't care pink is like fantastic i love pink and who doesn't like pink it's like cherry trees blossoming in the springtime and it's like pink strawberry donuts with sprinkles on them and little girls in princess dresses it's pink and pink is fantastic and you just kind of take a little bit of somebody else a little bit of somebody else and maybe maybe one day somebody said to you you should just be more like your sister Or, or your friend was like dude why don't you like seriously couldn't you just Be a little bit more like this. Why don't you just go do this? Or maybe somebody said to you, you know what, get your head out of the clouds. Quit thinking you were created to do that. You'll never amount to anything. And you believed it. And you just kept taking what everybody said. Just took a little bit of yellow, a little bit of orange, a little bit of pink, it'd be okay. And you just one day woke up and you were... Not you, you lost you along the way. You see, you gotta understand that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You are special, you are loved, you are uniquely created in Christ Be who God's created you to be. So, you were born and you were created.
1: We've got this woman and she's been healed by Jesus. She's got a clean slate. She's a new person. She's not hindered by these labels that have been following her around for the last 12 years. But, now that Jesus is healed. Uh, that's not enough for him he wants to know her he wants to know who she is and he's on this way he's on his way to heal Jairus' daughter now Jairus is the leader of the local synagogue he's a really important guy and like mm, imagine you're backstage at like a Taylor Swift concert or I don't know whatever floats your boat and somehow Taylor Swift asks you to get her a glass of water you're going to be one track vision you're going to be like I'm not going anywhere else until I've got this woman a glass of water she is the most important right now So you'd imagine that's what Jesus would be like. You know, got Jairus, leader of the local synagogue. He's a pretty important person. So you'd imagine Jesus would be on his way. Nothing's going to stop him. He's got to do this thing. However, he does stop. He stops and he goes, who touched me? And everyone goes, "Uh, Jesus, everybody's touching you. You've got like a whole crowd around you, seriously. And he goes, no, 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 no. Who touched me? Someone touched me because I felt the healing go out from me. And at this point, the woman is terrified. She's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done that. Everyone's going to hate me. Oh my gosh, I've literally touched this really important man and everyone's going to hate me. And she's shaking, she's trembling, but something in her knows that she has to come clean. So she pushes to the front of the crowd and she falls to her knees in front of Jesus and confesses. She tells him all about her illness. She tells him about her plan to touch him and she tells him, how she's been healed immediately, just from that one touch. And when she's done, she's still scared, mind you. And she looks up at Jesus' face, expecting to see anger. But she doesn't. She's met with kindness. And Jesus looks her in the eye. And he goes, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. He calls her his daughter. He calls her into his family. And I looked her up. It's the only time in all four Gospels that Jesus uses daughter as a personal address. He shows her that she is the most important thing at that time. And he calls us the same way into his family. In Romans 8.15 it says, The spirit you received brought your adoption to sonship and daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Jesus calls us into his family. He calls us to be his sons, his daughters, his children. And he shows us the way he did with the bleeding woman, the healed woman. He shows us that no matter where he has to go, no matter whether he's got more important things to do, no matter how busy he is, God shows us that he will always have time for us. He, show, he shows us that we are always the most important thing to him. And when we are a clean slate, when we've been stripped of those labels by Jesus, just as this woman was, he gives us new labels. He gives us the labels as his sons, his daughters, as his children. Woo.
2: I love that. I love that we're all children of God. And he has not just said that. He has given us a gift. Does anybody know what this might be? It's my big yellow. Some of the land might know it. Do you want to yell it out? What do you think this might be? My Bible. That's right. And so when I don't know who I am, I look in this book and this tells me who God says I am. And this book tells you who God says you are. Isn't that amazing? So what do you say? We give Richard and Martin some new labels from what God says. Who's gonna help me? Who's gonna come help me? Come on up, we've got a lot of labels. So (laughs) that's right. So, out of the Bible, it says that you are wanted. There we go. Who's gonna stick that on? You are invited. Mm You, you are exactly as Indy says, you are sons and, well, these are sons, but sons and daughters of God. You are completely loved wow, for God so loved much. the world that he gave his only son. That's John 3, oh, 16. You know, you are chosen, you are chosen by God. You are forgiven from everything you have done and will ever do. That's it. Good job. You are oh, fearfully and wonderfully made. That is Psalm 3. Well, oh, we're getting a bit muddled here. Sorry. Nice. Ah. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's uh, Psalm 139. Okay, and masterpiece. We'll put those together. There you go. Ah! (laughs) Good job. Stick, Stick those on. You are significant. Do you know that? These guys are completely significant because God says that they are. They are completely enough. Nothing they ever do will separate them from the love of God. They are set free. There is no (laughs) condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. They are accepted. (laughs) They are in God's family. Nothing can take that away from them. They are a friend of God. you. You can say you are a friend. Okay, guys, I've only got two more. You are valuable. Jesus paid the price for you. You are completely saved. He has saved you. Okay, we're all done now. I'm so sorry. Right, that's it. We're all done. Can I just have a big round of a cheer for the children? They've done a fantastic job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. And that's it. We are completely saved, set free. We are labelled by God. And these are the labels that I want to walk around with on me. I don't know about you.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Well, it is such a privilege, easy to just sit, you know, being here and receiving these labels, the massive difference that makes, and what a fantastic talk by India as well. I'll give her another huge round of applause. I said at the beginning that many of us are starting a new term in many ways. We're starting a new school, or starting a new class, or starting a, a new job, or you know, going to college or university. There's change taking place. And our hope, our desire, our dream, and our prayer for you guys and for us is that when you go into this new space, that you don't carry those old labels with you. And this isn't just for the children, this is all of us, adults, old, young, um, whatever we are, it's so easy to carry those old labels with us. But God is calling us into a new thing, and he's calling us, as that video said, to return to being who he has called us to be. So I want to give us this opportunity to say and decide that we're not going to run into this next term just, as I said, arms flailing, hoping for the best, that we will go into this next term expecting and preparing for God's best for us. And that dramatically starts when you start to see yourself through the eyes that God sees you. You see, each and every single one of you has been called into that class that you're going into, you're called into that school you're going into, called into that university or college, called into that job, or maybe nothing's changing. And maybe you're in the same place and God has called you to be there, but be different. You see, he's called you, not someone else to replicate and uh, mirror someone who's already there, but he's called you to be you. You see the power of these little ones as they stepped up on stage and gave those labels, each of every one of you, are not just to receive those labels, but to give those truth labels to other people.